What if we have been living our lives with a smaller identity than God has intended? What if we've been living on a tiny little corner of like multi-acre plot of ground and we've been just living in this little tiny corner of it not even aware of what God has intended. What if God's plans for Hilliard are much better than we've imagined? What if his plans for Spokane are much better than we've imagined? What if his plans for this earth are much better than we've imagined? As we start to read Ephesians 1, 3 through 10 today, just ask, what does this look like for this to be coming to earth? What does this look like for for this to be happening in our lives? And let's just read this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. Everybody say love and love. He predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ. And you could say as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. Wow. You're going to hear me say it like every week for a while. Like, wow. There is so much in here. Like, I can't possibly hope to just deliver everything that we could communicate from these verses today. But we're going to get a good slice of the pie. As we're getting into harvest season, I'm already, I know it's still mid-October. I'm already dreaming about Thanksgiving I'm already dreaming about slices of pie and all kinds of yummy things. Uh, Tis the season, like soups and chilies, right? Tis the season. Ah. You guys, we are blessed beyond our imagination. You are blessed beyond imagination in Christ. And you can think, I've had a really hard 
weak. I feel emotionally a wreck. I don't feel very blessed. And that's why we need to come back and we need to read and remind our own hearts and and speak to our own lives the word of God, of what he declares over us. It says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ. We are, and it is on the screen, blessed in Christ. This is our Father's good plan. We are blessed in Christ. Not just with a few spiritual blessings. Not just with kind of the little smatterings or sprinklings of heaven or the leftovers of heaven. It says we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Just imagine the blessings of heaven, all the blessings of the heavenly places. Anything you've, you've heard or read in scripture about heaven, the, just the glories of heaven. The very presence of God, just thick. And it says, we are blessed in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And here we are in this earth, in Spokane, right here today on Market Street in Hilliard. And we are blessed. We are here in this place. Sometimes dealing with tough things. And we are blessed. The blessings of heaven are ours in Christ. And there's a tension here. A very real tension. Because what's coming is better than what is. What awaits us in Christ. What the, the heavenly destiny that awaits us is better than what is. And yet we live in this tension of right now we are blessed. And the outworking of it and the complete fulfillment of it is yet to come. But it doesn't stop with just, we are blessed. This is the beginning. In verse 4 says, we are chosen in Christ. You were chosen in Christ. And I put this little picture of, of someone picking an apple off of a tree. To be chosen here, this, this word literally means to be picked. That God didn't just say, I'm, I'm kind of in general, I love the world generally, but not know who you are. There is this, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? That whoever would believe, whoever would believe, should not perish, but have everlasting life, okay? He loves the world, and also he handpicks you. You are chosen in Christ. It says you were chosen in him. We were chosen in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. Now, how many of you feel today? Maybe don't raise your hand. How many of you feel blameless? 
if you if you feel blameless, I just got to say, none of us actually are blameless. We all have sin. We have dealt with like the things of this world. We've not dealt with them perfectly. Even when bad things happen to us, how we respond is very often not sinless. And yet God says his intent for us is that we would be holy and blameless. Now there's this cool thing because Jesus Christ is 100% holy and 100% blameless. And we are in Christ. We are blessed in Christ. You need to understand you are not blessed in your righteous living. Now, does that mean we don't want to be living lives that honor God? Of course we do. Of course we do. But that's not where we find the blessing of I am good enough. I'm holy enough. Therefore, God likes me. No, we have been chosen in him before the foundation of the world. That means before you were born, you were chosen so that he could make you holy and blameless. And do you know what? He is way more committed to this than you could hope to be. He is committed to working transformation in your life and in your heart. Even when you go, man, you know how many times I have quit on God? You know how many times I have walked away from God? And yet, God is committed to making you holy and blameless. In Christ, talk about this now and not yet. In Christ, you are holy and blameless. And at the same time, we're still working out things in our lives where we know, okay, this thing in my life is not holy. This thing in my life, I am not blameless. I need to repent. I need to go to that person and say, please forgive me. That's real. And we all got to do that. We do it from a position in Christ where he says, in me, you are. And in me, I am going to make you holy and blameless. Blameless. Isn't that cool? This is where we get to address anything in our lives. Christ is fully blessed, fully wanted, and fully one with the Father. And in Christ, so are we. You are fully wanted. Now he keeps going here. Verse 5. It says he predestined us for what? Adoption. He predestined us for adoption. Before you were ever born, God says, I am picking you. I am hand-picking you because I want to adopt you. This is beautiful. Beautiful. He says, I want you in my family. He sees where you're not holy and blameless, where you haven't been. And he says, I want you. Your adoption 
was pre-planned and anticipated by God himself. Isn't that cool? Not like this God just kind of hears you on the earth and he hears you pray a prayer and he goes, oh, I guess that one's mine. You know? Or they finally prayed a prayer that was, you know, qualifying enough. I guess I'll take them. No. He pre-planned this and anticipated this. Like God is thinking of you as a part of his family with great anticipation and care. And what that means for us is that we get to be children of the most high God. Heaven, where God rules and reigns. And right now, Jesus is seated on this throne at the right hand of the Father. Ruling and reigning in heaven. Right now, God is saying, I am adopting you as a part of my family And you're blessed in Christ with every spiritual blessing. This is called heaven meeting earth. The blessings of heaven becoming ours in Christ Jesus as we're adopted into his family. We are blessed in the beloved. Who is the beloved? Jesus. I choose you. I'm blessing you. Not not me. I mean, God. <laughs> I like you too. But God's like, I'm blessing you in Christ. I'm choosing you in Christ. I'm adopting you in Christ. I have pre-planned all of this for you. And then we get this fantastic news. Verses 7 through 10. In Christ. Everybody say it again. Say in Christ. Okay. In Christ we have redemption through his blood. In Christ we are redeemed. We are bought back. We are purchased by God himself. So that we can be set free. We have redemption through the blood of Jesus. In Christ we have the forgiveness of our sins. You're forgiven. When you come to the Father in Christ and you say, forgive me, there is zero doubt. When you come to him, say, please forgive me, I'm turning to you. You are forgiven in Christ. And then we have one of my favorite verses, verse 8. In Christ, we have the riches of God's grace lavished upon us. Lavished upon us. The, the line that, I, that always comes to my, my mind when I read this is when uh, Bilbo Baggins is getting old. In the story in The Lord of the Rings, Bilbo's getting old. But he's got this unnaturally long life because he's been carrying around this this ring of power, even though he didn't really know what it was. Carrying around this ring of power. 
and he's getting really old, and he says, I feel like kind of stretched thin, like butter that's been spread over too much bread. You know, it's just like, like, you ever have that happen when you're trying to smear, smear the butter on the bread and you're running out of butter and you're like, how can I kind of get this out to the edges? And after a while, you're like, maybe there's a little butter, maybe? Like, it's just so thin. The opposite of that is this word lavish. In Christ, we have God's grace, the riches of God's grace lavished upon us. Now, this is like when, when we go, it seems like most of the time when we go to Safeway and we buy a loaf of French bread, garlic bread, like garlic French bread, they put so much butter on that garlic bread. It's just, it's just thick, thick. And Becca's like, I can't handle this much butter. It's like it's spread all the way out to the edges, and then we're scraping off more of it, putting it on the side, and we're like, oh my goodness, they wanted us to put all of that in our body? There's so much butter, like too much butter. This is like, can, is that even a thing? Too much butter? I don't know. Hmm. Becca, Becca would say yes. I, I may be on the fence. Ah, if you melt it down. Okay. Moving on, moving on, moving on. The riches of God's grace lavished upon us, spread thick. Remember from last week what grace means. Grace is God's unmerited, unearned favor. You didn't deserve it. You cannot deserve it with your best actions. Your best actions are never going to measure up. Your best faith on your best day is never going to be enough. Like some some will say, like, you do your very best and God will do the rest. And sadly, that is absolutely the opposite of what Scripture teaches. Your very best is never going to be enough. And if that's how we're trying to earn our approval in God, actually, the Apostle Paul says, you have fallen from grace by trying to do that. You cannot measure up. Instead, Jesus says, I've chosen you. I've adopted you. This is what I'm doing. And your eyes just get big and you open up and go, wow. And he says, and I'm lavishing this undeserved, unmerited favor on you. And I'm also lavishing on you the enablement to do what I'm calling you to do. I'm lavishing more than enough grace on your life to walk out what I'm calling you to do. Who is God calling you to be? Well, at, at, at its core, if he's adopting you, he's calling you to be a son. He's calling you to be a daughter. And then from that place, we get to represent him, which is a whole lot more coming in Ephesians later. The riches of God's grace lavished upon us. And he says, and the mystery of the Father's will. In Christ, the mystery of the Father's will is made known. And we're going to get more into that in in, uh, chapter 2 and chapter 3. 
I'm just going to give you a quick hint. It's not going to be on the screen. Chapter 3, verse 10 says, Through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. God is revealing himself through the church, through the gathered people of God, as we're learning how to love one another and relate to one another. God is giving you the grace. He's lavishing his grace on you to be sons and daughters and brothers and sisters together, all adopted into this family together. And even to be mothers and fathers to others. The mystery of the Father's will made known. And he gives us a couple of things right here. According to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him. Things in heaven and things on earth. What is God's purpose in Christ? It is to unite all things in him at the perfect time. This is God's purpose. I am going to do this, says God. I'm going to unite everything. Doesn't matter where you come from, how varied your, our backgrounds are, whether you are so far right politically that you think you could never even have lunch with someone who is that far left politically or the other way around. And God says, I'm actually going to do a miracle and I'm going to unite left and right together. I'm going to unite black and white together. I'm going to unite male and female together. I'm going to bring you together. Are you still going to be different? Yes, you are. And yet in Christ, he's uniting us together. And we find out that the picture of this is even bigger. It includes all of creation. I'm going to unite all things together in Christ. It means everybody's And I'm not saying we shouldn't take care of our planet because we should take care of our planet. But guess what God's going to do? He's got a plan that involves the whole planet. That involves the whole earth and all of the peoples of the earth. And it involves you very specifically. Whoa. Heaven and earth united in Christ. And this new creation has already begun. In Christ. And since we are in Him, His new creation is already transforming us too. He's making us holy and blameless before Him. So the question is this Are we living as if this is true? Are we living as if this is true? I know you're already looking ahead at these questions. It's okay, you can look ahead at them. Are you living as if you are blessed and chosen in Christ, predestined through Christ, adopted into the Father's own family and embraced into his church through Christ, holy and blameless, redeemed in Christ through his blood, forgiven, lavished with the riches of God's grace in Christ, made aware of God's purpose in the earth And his purpose in Christ to unite all things in him. Are we living as if this is true? Or are we trying to survive in our little corner? And just like all we can think about is. Our tiny little piece of. Like a little crumb of the pie. 
I'm hoping and praying, I've been praying this week that God would just begin to lift our eyes and lift our vision to how great this good news is in Jesus. So what if we lived like this is true? Here's the things on the screen. What would change in us? What would change in our actions, in our words? What would change in our worship, and our praise? I don't think that one's up there. What would change in our decision-making? How would our city and our neighborhood benefit if we are living this way and thinking this way? This heaven meets earth reality that right now you are blessed in Christ with every spiritual blessing. If you're willing, let's just close our eyes and I want us to reflect on this individually. You can just ask the Lord, Lord, are, are, there, are there areas of my life where you're wanting, you're wanting my life to line up with this? Where I'm living too small. I'm not living like I've been embraced into your family. I'm not living like I'm adopted in. Are there areas in my life where you're calling me to lift my vision? Father, as you're reminding us, we know that the only reason your your spirit would remind us of areas in our lives is because you want to bring freedom. Because you want to set us free to walk like you. And to walk with you in every area of our life. So we thank you that there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus, but there is conviction that leads to heart change and life change. Thank you for that. Father, I pray right now for each and every one of us in this room that you would enable us to lift our eyes. You would open the eyes of our hearts. Give us even... A glimpse or as much as we can handle of heaven meeting earth and being united in Christ in our day, in our time, and in our life. Father, we ask for a greater and greater revealing of this in our church family, in our city, in our families, and in each of our lives. Lord, let the mystery of Christ be revealed to us in greater measure. And be revealed through us to this world around us, we pray in Jesus' name.